Mm. Thanks, man. Uh, I invite you to turn for the second to last time to Romans 15. I mean, we'll come back to Romans, but uh, turn to Romans 15 this week and next week. Thanks, Jake. Uh, so good to be led in worship, led into the presence of God. So good. We're going to be uh, winding this uh, three-year saga of Romans um, down uh, next week. So we're going to skip the first 14 verses of, of chapter 15, or first 13, rather, because they tie up the, the same things he was saying in chapter 14 about how, how we should live in, the, in this area where everything is permissible, and yet there's gray areas and judging and tripping. And first 13 verses, he kept, he kept going on to talk about this vision God has where his church is, is just immersed in the kingdom of God, of righteousness, peace, and joy. And, and this vision God has is to be this church that welcomes people in, just like Christ welcomed this world in. He welcomed the Jews in and gave them this crazy promise, and then he goes on to welcome the Gentiles in, and he's like, that, that's the church, that's what it should look like. And after saying that and concluding that, that, that piece, he makes a turn, he starts to talk now about his plans. He starts winding down this letter that he's written to the Jews or to the, the Christians in Rome, the Jews, Christians in Rome. And he, and he starts by saying, hey, look, these are the plans I got going forward. But he says in verse 14, he says, I'm satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. On some points I've written you to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God. And, and what he says here, I, I love this. He's winding it down. He's saying, hey, look, guys, I know I wrote some in some ways that was pretty intense, pretty hard, but I'm for you guys. Like, I, I believe in you guys. I see that you, you have this foundation. You can teach. There's good stuff going on. And so he's pulling them back in, kind of like a shepherd saying, come on, come on over here, man. Let's, let's, get it, let's get this hug here thing. I'm for you guys. I'm in, and I'm excited about what God's doing. And, and from there, he starts to say this, and he starts to talk about his message because he's making a turn towards his future plans. And this is what he says uh, uh, just about himself and, and uh, this calling God's put on his life. He says, you know, the grace given me by God, in verse 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles and the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have... Reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who, will never, those who have never heard will understand. And we get a picture of Paul's, oh, don't you wish you could just laugh like a kid? You know what I mean? Just that innocent, like, I don't care that he's talking up there. I just got to laugh. That's a gift. Enjoy that. Um, 
So Paul, Paul has a calling. I don't know if you ever thought about this, a ministry. He says a ministry, a calling. Uh, in, in the Bible, you see it in the Old Testament, you see it in the New Testament where God comes and he just says, hey, look, I, I'm sending you, I'm giving you this ministry, I'm giving you this calling, you're going to go do this with them for this and that city and this people and this is what I'm calling you to do. And over and over again, we see that Old Testament, we see that in the New Testament. And Paul's describing this calling that God's placed on his life. And, and, and the first thing is very clearly, he says, I've been called to preach the gospel. That, that's it. And, and actually, we're, we're all called to preach that gospel. But Paul just, he, he says it again so clearly. Like, I don't want anybody to just assume they know this. Anyone who follows Christ has this. Go tell people about Jesus. So his calling, what is his calling? His calling is to preach the gospel. Who does he preach it to? Well, he's been specifically called to the Gentiles, which is kind of a big deal because he was this really like a, a Hebrew of he, Hebrew, uh, Hebrews, a, a Jew of Jews. I mean, he was crazy rising star in Jewish circles, and then now he's preaching to Gentiles, which is just, it blows their minds. And he's called to the Gentiles. Well, who's the Gentiles? Well, it's anybody who's not a Jew, which is kind of a lot of people, but uh, that's who he's called to. And God does that in his calling. He sends people to specific people. And he sent Paul to the Gentiles. So preach the gospel. That's what his call is. Second, who it is to is to the Gentiles. And then third, it, it, it's, this, it's this how does this happen? How does God want him to do it that's innately Paul and wired for Paul? And, and he, he's called to be a pioneer. Go where... Christ hasn't been preached. Go where there's no foundation, meaning you literally have to clear it and build it, get it going. And then what Paul does is after it gets going, he moves on to the next one. So he's called to the frontier, right, where no one has gone before. I mean, it does sound like Star Trek, like that's where it is, the, the final frontier, right? These are the voyages of Paul the Apostle. Sorry. It didn't work in the first service either. Um, just thought I could do it. I'm just, bones, do something, right? Um, anyway, you have a calling. Now, it's weird. You wouldn't talk to somebody outside of church circles about, I've got a ministry, I've got a calling, because it's such a, it's an ancient word, right? It's just not a word we use in normal day language. Like, you don't go around saying, I got a calling. Like, people would just be like, yeah, you're weird. Don't say that. In Christian circles, though, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. God gives a ministry, a calling to us. Like, we talk about that. And we all have one. Now, I don't know whether you know that or not, but we all have one. And we're all, if you look at Paul's life, what he's, what he's saying right here is something that we all have. One, we all have a calling, and it is to preach Christ. It is. No matter who you are, our call when we start to follow Christ is to go and make disciples, to go and tell people about Christ. It's, it's be a disciple, make a disciple, or make disciples. Be one, make ones. Be one, make ones. Everyone has that. I don't know whether you know that or not. We're expected to go and tell people about Jesus. And so, you know, we're doing some listening this morning. Jake led us through some times. We're going to do a couple more minutes of listening. 
okay? So it's going to be a minute each, and I want you to ask God a question, two questions right here at the beginning for 60 seconds. First question is, God, do you, do I believe you expect me to do this? Meaning to talk about Jesus to others. So you're asking him, God, do you think I really believe that? And then the follow-up question is, how do you think I'm doing? So I'll time it. You and Jesus, you can talk. Here we go. Okay, let's focus on the second question. The what is, do I believe I am called? The second one is, who has he called you to? And God calls people to specific people, to specific places. You know, we sent out Summer. She was called to Germany for a season. Duex, we're called to the Fula people. God can call us to specific people. So we're going to ask God right now, Lord, Who have you called me to where I live? Who have you called me to talk to you, talk to them about you? Go ahead and go. 60 seconds. All right. Third area is how. Paul talks about, I I have this ambition to preach Christ and to go where no foundation was ever laid. I don't want to build on someone else's. I got to go. You and I, in this context, well, that's that's probably not us. In fact, when I would read that when I was younger, I'd always feel guilty. Like, I was just second-rate Christian because I just didn't do that. Like, I wasn't out in Tibet. I wasn't out in the bush of Africa, like, really, you know, obeying God. And, you know, that's just 
toxic. That's not reality. Um, God has called him, and in fact, when you read Romans, you never see Paul berating the Christians in Rome for not going out to the ends of the earth. He doesn't. He affirms them. And the reality is God has called us here to build on a foundation that's already been built. You're part of Freshwater Community Church. If you call this church home, it's been around for 85 years. And what God is calling you and I to do is, is to partner together to build this and to see this increase, to see him add to this family, you and I. And I think that's important to, to understand that we, we just don't do this alone. He's called us to do it together here. Paul did it. How, how did he do it? Well, he talks about signs and wonders, and he talks about this preaching and going in, and, and it's crazy building that foundation. So how he did it is going to be different than, than how we do it, how the Holy Spirit leads us, how, this whole, how God has wired us, right? So uh, it takes words, though. I mean, the assumption here is words. Paul didn't just go out there and say, no, I'm just going to let my deeds do it. If Paul just let his deeds do it, he would never have planted the church and been able to go to the place to place. No, there has to be words at some point. Now, we're all wired differently. We're all not, not like Paul. So up on the screen, you see all kinds of styles of how people go about this. I don't know if you've thought about what your style is. Some are invitation, meaning they'll just, they'll just say, hey, you got to come to this. And they somehow just bring people. I don't know how it happens, but they bring people. Other people, it's their testimony. They just somehow, they can tell their testimony, share their testimony, identify with people and connect, and it leads into this conversation about Jesus. Some people see needs, and they serve people, and, and it opens doors to talk about Jesus. That's not mine. I, I, I wish I had that. I can't, there's some people that just, they see it and they just go to it, they anticipate it. Maybe that's you. Uh, intellectuals, people that understand just rational arguments and, and how to defend faith and how to have these, I would say, deep cognitive conversations, right? Um, you have other ones, prophets, and they're, they're the people that can just move into a room, move into somebody's life, and they see what's going on and they just go, eh. This is what's going on in your life. And they say things that you would think are incredibly offensive. And if you said it or if I said it, we would just get, like, hammered, and yet they get away with it. Like, I don't know how they get away with it, but they get away with it. And it leads into a conversation about Jesus. Uh, proclaimers, those are the people that just, they just go, and all of a sudden they're talking about Jesus. They don't need anything. They just do it, and they get away with it. Um, Storytellers, often artists, but they're using, they're using mood, art, they're, they're using uh, culture, and they're weaving in things, and somehow it creates this moment where people are like, wow, I'd never thought of it that way, kind of a thing. Storytellers, power encounters, those are the people, they just, they walk up to people, they walk into certain rooms, and they go, yep, this is what's going on, and they just pray right into it, and and all of a sudden, they're praying over somebody in the middle of something and seeing or rebuking things or people getting healed and people, it's just crazy, like raw power. And they just have that wiring for it. Um, we all are sent with power. Get, please understand me, but there's just something about the way they're wired, their style. Uh, interactive, some people just, uh, they collect people. They do. They just collect people. They build relationships over years and years, and they know, like, everybody in town. 
and they collect people, and they leverage those relationships, ultimately have a conversation with Christ. I don't know what your style is, but the how that it seems like God has for us is that we're partnering together on this foundation to see it built and to use the style the way he's created you and me to see it happen. And we all have different ways of seeing this happen. And so the partnership comes where the church is saying, hey, look, let's create different avenues. So if you've invited, you know, your child's friend to VBS, and that we used to be, now it's Beulah on the road, but if you invited them to that, that counts, right? That's part of it. Or women's Christmas gathering that's coming up. Or if we've, we've done the men's shootout in, in the past. If youth group, we've got the great turkey chase coming up. And what we see are these avenues of bringing people in and, and, letting the ministry, letting that event speak about Christ. And obviously the one we're praying for and really been talking about a lot that's starting on Tuesday night is Alpha. And, and that's a context where people can come and hear about Jesus and interact and process. And what we see happen over and over and over again is people start following Christ. Um, and so that's, that's how it all happens. And yet in the how it can be real messy. Like I just talked to someone a couple weeks ago who invited a friend, and it was like, it didn't go over well. Like, they walked away from the conversation really hurt. Like, there was this look, and there was this body language, and it was like, okay. I, I you know, in August, I, I had, you know, three different people turn me down. I mean, one guy, this is his, the fourth time I've asked him, and he just started laughing. And I'm like, and I, I laugh. I mean, was it? we're friends, right? We're friends. And he's like, you're going to ask me again. You're not going to quit asking. I'm like, that's right. I'm your friend. Like, I've got to keep asking you. I'm never going to stop. And he just laughed. Right? Three of them. But we do it, right? We, we lean into it. We press into it. And, and somewhere in the how, because I was just talking to someone after, after the service, they, they just said, yeah, I've, I've been trying and trying to get this and this, and it's just never working. It's just like God's saying no. And, and all of a sudden, God said, just stop and, and watch what I do. And in a matter of like three days, crazy deep conversation here, crazy deep conversation, praying for this person. over All these people don't know Christ, and he's just bringing them, bringing them. And that's how it works. We go with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take one minute here. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, I want you to ask him, God, how am I doing at telling people? Between you and him, just ask him, what does he think? How are you doing?
One of the things that Paul says in the middle of this, I, I like this, he says, In Christ Jesus, I have reason to be proud of my work, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Yep. There's all kinds of churches that have been planted. All kinds of people have come to know the Lord through Paul's ministry. And, and here he says, look, I have a reason to be proud, but it's only because of Christ. It's only what he's done. Like, look, all of this that's happened is it's because of God. See, he sends us out with power, and when you, when you start going with power, when you and I start doing this, what happens is he starts to move, and, and people's hearts change, and people's hearts melt. And when that happens, when you're in one of those moments, you know it's not you. you it, we just know, because there's no way I could change somebody else's heart. I could put all the rules I want. I know, because I can't even change my own heart. Only God has changed my heart. So when you see somebody else's heart change, you're like... Dude, this is not mine. You just kind of step back from the glory, right? Step away from it. And Paul's making it so clear. As he built new churches, it's the Holy Spirit. It's Christ and what he has done. And there's just this buzz. I don't think there's any greater rush. I don't think there's any greater buzz than being around people when God is moving and seeing them change in their hearts. Like seeing them literally surrender their life. I had a conversation with someone recently who said they prayed this and, and they have been far from God and trying to come back to God and they just said, Lord, what do you want me to give to you? I, mean, I about fell out of my chair. I'm like, that's a dangerous request for someone that is just starting to come back and it was amazing what God did in that moment. I mean, I was just, I wanted to just get around the room and get all of you together and call you up and say, let's have church tonight. You've got to hear this story. Because that's amazing. God melts hearts, changes hearts. And so Paul makes this clear. Look, if anything's happened, it's because of Christ. And as he's done with this whole thing about his calling of, of what it is and who it is and how it all works out, he starts to say, okay, I want you guys to know, hey, look, this is coming down the pike. This is my plans here. And so he starts to talk about his future plans. He's like, the reason I've been hindered from coming to you is this because this is my calling, right? But now, since... I am no longer have any, or I no longer have any room for work in these regions. And since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. Well, wait a minute. He's on his third missionary journey. He's about 20, 25 years into doing this. And now he's going on his fourth. He's headed off to Spain. He says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. And to be helped, don't miss that phrase there in verse 24, to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they're pleased to do it, and indeed they owed it to him. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they, being the Gentiles, ought to also be of service to the Jews in their material blessings." When therefore I've completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I'll leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I, uh, I will come to you. I will come in the fullness of the blessings of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints 
so that by God's call I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So Paul moves, there's a little subplot here. We're not going to talk about it much because Paul just kind of glosses it over and moves on. But Paul, in going to Jerusalem, if you read over in Acts, this wasn't a a little, you know, like a little walk in the park thing. Uh, The Christians, he told several churches on his way back to Jerusalem with this money. He said, hey, I'm going to Jerusalem. And they're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. In fact, at one point, a guy comes up to him, takes Paul's belt without any speaking, at least that's how the story story told, ties Paul's hands up, ties his feet up, and says, this is what's going to happen to the owner of this belt if he goes to Jerusalem. And Paul's like, I'm right here. And he says, yeah, you're going to be handed over to unbelievers. And that's exactly what happened. And they're saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. And Paul's like, I got to go. So when Paul says, please pray for me, there's all kinds of meaning behind that. That wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going on a great trip to Jerusalem. He's like, no, I'm going, and I don't think it's going to go well. Which brings up this whole other piece of, of how we can preach the gospel, and that's in partnership. Not only at Freshwater when we're doing this together, but we also partner with those God has sent out into the region and out into this world. We can partner. And he says this, would you partner in a couple ways? And, and he makes it clear right there as he's starting to talk in verse 24 and, and as he's talking in verse 30. In verse 24, he says, I need you to help me on my way, which is code for I'm going to need some financial help. I mean, that's what, why would he stop by there and say that if it's not only for food and shelter, but also he's going to Spain and he wants them to support him. In verse 30, he says, hey, pray for me. So there, there's this how piece where we... We get to pray, we get to support people financially, and it counts. Their work, their success, what God does through them counts for us. It does. If you have prayed for Faith Alliance, how many people have actually been up to Faith Alliance in Cleveland, East Cleveland? Okay, we got some, we got some peeps here. Uh, we're going to be going up there again here in April, and you'll want to go. Trust me, you're going to want to go. Um, so if you've prayed for that, how many have heard of Faith Alliance being at Freshwater? Okay, good. How many have prayed for, Fresh, or for Faith Alliance? How many prayed this morning? Yeah? Okay, so you're in on this. Um, we've been praying. Faith Alliance lit, sits right next door to a 48-room hotel, and it is simply a hotel for prostitution. That's all it is. Um, it's awful. They're right next to it. They've actually really tried to help work with these women and try to get them out of that. And uh, they've just been praying, God, would you shut this down for years? It's over 10 years. That church had been right next to that hotel. It's, it's famous. People drive in to go to East Cleveland and to go to that hotel right there. Uh, it's, it's awful. Well, this last year, 2018, early 2019, or through 2019, I, I don't know who this guy is, but God put, and I believe it's God, God put a man on the city council of East Cleveland. And one of his number one goals was to shut down all the prostitution hotels and houses in East Cleveland. That's why he's on there. And so far, they have shut down three hotels that are about prostitution. Guess which one got shut down of those three? The one right next to the church. They have shut it down. If you have prayed for that, that is your answer to prayer in partnership. It's closed. 
It's not open for business anymore. And that's, that's what happens. Like, that's a God thing, but that's not the only part of the story. The crazy part, the crazy part that really is a God thing, so we also partner with Envision Cleveland, which works to, to work in the urban areas of, of Cleveland and help partner with churches and pull people out of poverty and this spiritual blindness and lead them to Christ. Well, uh, we've had Paul Honeycutt come in, right, and he's spoken here. Well, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, he's... he's doing whatever he does up there, and he gets a phone call. Guess who calls him? Cleveland Land Bank. Hey, Paul, we have possession of a 48-room hotel. Do you guys want that? And Paul's like, well, where is it? He says, well, it's right by that church of yours. He says, you guys want it for a buck? A buck. They're getting a 48-room hotel that has been a den of evil, and now it's going to become this. Come on. So, and that's why Paul says, look, I just step back. I just step back. Like, who does that? Only God does that. And they're asking churches, hey, would you partner with us? Would you take a room? Cost you about $5,000. Would you come up and finish a room? Clean it up so we can use it. And I'm like, eh, we might be doing that. We might be going up there, taking a room. Maybe you want to take a room on your own. I don't know. But that's what happens. That kind of partnership counts. And if you have prayed for Faith Alliance, you're part of that win. You are. And it isn't finalized. Nothing's ever finalized until it's written in ink. But to have the land bank call... And they've already given so many properties away. It, it's pretty much looking like this would happen. But it's never done till it's done. But that's our God. Not only that, Paul talks about prayer. Would you pray for me? He talks about finances. He said, would you give and support? He doesn't say that, but the implication is there. And we do that. Our church last year gave $168,000 to the Great Commission, the, the, our national denomination that sends out workers. $168,000. Come on. Like, this church is generous. It's incredibly generous. That's on top of the budgetary giving. And not only that, we didn't give just that. We also gave to uh, local partnerships that we have here, Akron Pregnancy Center, Wadsworth Fish, The Garage. I mean, this is so much money. There's so much money in this church, and yet there's so much generosity I mean, I look at the money, guys, and I just, I, if you're not giving, I get, you, you got to get on because you're missing out because so many of us are, and not just giving, but giving sacrificially. And I just want to say, way to go. Like, I got no rebuke here, guys. I got no rebuke. When I look at the reports, this church is generous. And if you're not, you're missing out. You're missing out on a partnership. I have no qualms saying that. You are missing out on a blessing of being a part of seeing Christ preach you got to get on board. You do. It's just, it's the best. There's nothing like it. You give your money away, and Jesus loves it. And this world thinks you're nuts, which is fine. Who gives a rip? I, I want to just end with this. Look, uh, we got Alpha tomorrow night. I'm going to pray for Alpha. Um, it is simply about preaching Christ. It is loving people, but they get set up to hear Christ. And Man, I've had so many rejections. We were talking as elders, and we started counting up all the rejections that we've had <laughs> just in the past year. And it's, it's a lot. 
It's hard. And yet, I got to tell you one that I'm just like, are you kidding me? So um, this is just how God works. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about it, to be honest. I was at a game. I was just walking along and just minding my own business, just wanted to just enjoy the game, right? And all of a sudden, this guy goes, hey, Scott, what time of your service is at Freshwater? And I'm like, he says it really loud, you know, like there's a lot of people around. And I'm like, well, they're at 8.45 and 10.30. Why? And he's like, yeah, we're thinking about coming. And I'm like, thinking about coming? I mean, this, they don't go to church. They don't go to church at all. And I'm like, what is that? Like, why, why am I asking all these people and getting rejected and I just walk along and somebody, somebody that I've known for over 10 years that I've never invited all of a sudden says, what time are your services? And we step back and we go, this is God. We need God. We do. And church, you, I know so many of you are inviting. Don't get discouraged. Don't walk in defeat. This is not an earthly thing. This is way above our pay grade. This is spiritual stuff happening. Don't get discouraged. Don't get afraid. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't walk. Just keep walking in it. Keep talking. Keep moving towards people. We had, I don't know, over 50 guests last session, last semester. We're looking to be well over uh, 30 into the 40 range this semester. That's a lot of people spending 11 weeks together to find out who Jesus is. So don't be discouraged. Keep doing it. Let's pray. Lord, we do lift up Alpha and the start of that tomorrow night or Tuesday night. And I just pray, God, right now that your blessing is on that. Would your presence be on that? When people walk in, would they literally walk into your presence, the kingdom of God kind of stuff, the peace, the joy kind of thing, the righteousness. That, that's what we want them to walk into, your presence. And would that night be so captivating to them? It would just draw them to you, God. Not because of us, Lord, you. You do it. Lord, we look forward to seeing people follow you. We do. And we trust that your blessing, your favor, your words would guide us. Be with every team. Be with our church, God. We're, we're about you, Lord. I hope you see that. We're about you. We want you exalted. We want people to know you. Jesus, would you bless each person as they go? Just send us out that, that peace, what you led us into during that time of singing and worship. Send us out, Lord, with this calling to reach the world, to reach the people you're sending us to. Amen.